Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Stevie D from Buck Cherry, and you're listening to Growing Up Rock. Okay, Hollywood, we got a great episode lined up for today. We are going to talk to Stevie D from Buck Cherry about the latest and greatest album from Buck Cherry, Volume 10. We're going to go track by track through this record because we've had the record for a while at the time of this episode. The record will have been out about a week. So I thought we would start off by going track by track through this episode. We'll talk a little bit about our conversation with Stevie D. Does all that sound good to you? Yeah, because it was a good conversation, but it was somewhat quick, right? So people get a feel for what the record's all about. Stevie was a good conversation, though. Yeah, as is with most of these individuals that are promoting new albums, they give us roughly 30 minutes with the individual because they've lined up 10 or 15 interviews with these guys. And so, uh, yeah, it's 30 minutes. It's a great conversation. Stevie's a great guy to talk to. I would love to spend a lot more time talking to him because I think we only scratched the surface. But uh, I still think it was a fun un- uh, fun interview, right? Uh, definitely. And he was very, very gracious and just a, the nicest guy. Like, couldn't be more humble and kind of like the aw shucks kind of guy. Yeah, exactly. So the new album is called volume 10 it's produced by marty Fredrickson, uh who if you're familiar with that name he's done aerosmith he's done a a ton of different things he's based out of nashville he even did uh that thing for ryan cook jeremy ashbrock and phil schaus right the uh rock city motor company is it yeah i think it's rcmc or something like that Yeah, that's right. Uh, So he's friends with those guys as well. But Marty's done a ton of stuff. And uh, I mean, they really beefed up the sound on this latest uh, latest record. And we'll get into all that. Uh, So you ready to go? Yeah, this should be interesting because Marty's starting to become the Alessandro Del Vecchio frontiers in Nashville, isn't he? He's like hooked (laughs) up with everybody now. (laughs) Yeah. And he had, you know, he had a name for himself beforehand. His son, from what I understand, his son is a fantastic drummer and sits in a lot of times. In fact, Stevie said uh, himself that once in a while his son would sit in on a just a rough drum track just to lay down for the demos. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's just overall, it's a great conversation. But let's go track by track through this record. Uh, We won't be playing any music because, as we said 
up front, the album is fairly new. So you've heard the singles. You'll hear the singles in the interview that we did with Stevie. But for the purpose of this, we're just going to be going track by track and telling you, sort of describing the song and telling you what we think of each individual track. But we're not going to be playing any of that music. We want you to go out there and support Buck Cherry by picking up the latest copy of Volume 10. And spoiler alert, it's well worth picking up. So we'll get into all that. Let's get to it. Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. All right. So the first track up, and we'll just kind of go back and forth, but the first track out of the box is a song called This and That. So my notes for this particular song was that I liked the slow build. I liked the stomp style delivery at the beginning. And then I think it's sort of the pre-course is really rocking and the course, but then it brings it back down during the verses. So this is one of my favorite tunes off the record. I kind of enjoyed this one. How about you? Yeah, I would say right out of the gate, you kind of get a feel for it's a big recording. Like it sounds not as compressed as most Buck Cherry recordings. It sounds a little looser, and even Stevie brings that up in the interview. I thought the verses have a cool old-school feel, kind of a gritty feel, and I was listening today, and I'm like, what's it remind me of? Like, I'm bebopping to it. I'm like, what's it remind me of? It has a very too-drunk-to-fuck feel, and I absolutely love that Buck Cherry song. So this or that has that kind of same flavor. Really, really like the song. Yeah, and I think that we're going to find that there's a few songs on this album that have sort of reminders of various songs, and they're not all Buck Cherry songs, and we'll sort of bring that up and talk about that as we get through these songs. So you want to take the next song? Yeah, so next one up is Good Time. That's one of the singles. Cool riff, party type of song, upbeat. I mean, this is the Buck Cherry that I love because it makes me want to dance. And there's something about, I'm not much of a dancer, but something about Buck Cherry, like there's a groove and funk to it that get, kind of gets my body moving. I know it's a big body to move, but uh, this is classic Buck Cherry to me. I love this Buck Cherry. Sonny, you're not much of a dancer. Come on. I've seen you on those discotheque <laughs> floors, brother. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny that you say that this is the type of Buck Cherry that you love because Here's my exact notes. So I love the riff. This is the kind of Buck Cherry I enjoy most. Party, big riffs, rock and roll drums, huge guitars. I absolutely love this Buck Cherry. This is, of all the Buck Cherry songs, the ones that are always like this, I don't think I dislike any of them that are in this same vein. So Good Time was the first single they released. And for me, it's perfect single to release. I love the video. I love the song. This is a great one, two punched right out of the gate for this record. Yeah. It's every time they get to that, like there's this like weird kind of, there's nobody else that really does it the same way. It's, it's odd because it's part rock and part funk. So it's, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so on to the next song. The next song off the record is Keep On Fighting. This is a fast-paced rocker. It lacks some hooks for me personally, but I actually like the song, and I think the solo on it is killer. The solo really shreds on this song. How about you? Yeah, this song, you really get a punk feel, right? And Buck Jerry always has that punk feel, but at this speed, man, does it come out. I would say this is like a workout playlist type of song. Uh, a little bit faster than the Buck Cherry groove that I like, but uh, it did have a great guitar solo. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Look at all the people here tonight! Oh man, I got to make an announcement right here. Can you hear me out there? It's time to take a quick break in the action from this week's episode. Sonny and I just wanted to thank all of you, the listeners, for joining us each and every week. Whether you just found us today or have been listening for multiple episodes, we love your passion for music and rock and roll in general. We consider you all part of our loud minority family. Always remember you can communicate with us a few different ways. If you don't mind Facebook, head over to the Growing Up Rock Loud Minority Facebook group and be part of the conversation. 
It's a private group and all you have to do is ask to join, answer a few rock and roll questions, and you're in. If you despise Facebook, which many people do, then send us an email to growinguprock at gmail.com. We get everything there. You can follow us on Twitter and Insta at growinguprock, which is one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K. In the event you feel entertained by our podcast, we would appreciate it if you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode and go leave us a five-star review either at Apple Podcast or Podchaser. Now, back to our regularly scheduled program. All right, next song is Turn It On. I thought this song had a cool groove. Again, there's a lot of funk in Buck Cherry songs. Here's where, like, there was a lot of earworms. There was some sporadic harmonizing vocals in the verses, which I liked. But I liked the verses a little bit better than the chorus. This was one of the humdrum songs for me. Yeah, so for me, I really dug the funky groove. Then when you get to the pre-chorus of this song, it reminds me a lot of Kix's Cold Shower. Not that that's a bad thing. I actually love it. But go listen to Kick's Cold Shower and listen to this song and you'll see the parts I'm talking about. They're very similar to that. For me, this song is also one of my favorites. I just dig that funky groove, especially at the beginning of this tune. So that brings us to the first ballad on the record feels like love if there's a song to end side one this is the song to end side one i like the pre-course it's a ballad so you know everybody knows my feelings on ballads i don't think this is a bad ballad as ballads go but that's pretty much my entire notes on this song how about you <laughs> as soon as i heard it i'm like steven's gonna hate this song it's not as good as sorry but it's very similar feel Absolutely works for me. Radio-friendly song. You could sell this to the next rom-com movie, and it would do just great. Agreed. All right, so if we're flipping the record, I guess, the next song is One and Only. This song's interesting because it kind of starts with this tribal-type drum beat, uh, which is cool. The verses are a little bit slower. The choruses speed up. So there's normally in songs like this, it feels like it's two separate songs jammed together, but in this song, it works somehow because it doesn't give you that feeling. It, Although there's a, it's not ballad to bombastic, really. It's really off and on. It's almost like a light switch that the minute the chorus comes on, there's this light switch hit and it goes twice as fast, it feels like. What'd you think about it? Yeah, so I sort of like the slow build that goes into the rocking pace of the song. Again, this one sort of lacks some hooks for me. And I don't necessarily love the course of this song. Which brings us to Shine the Light. This was the third single that they released. This is an up-tempo rocker with a little different flavor for me in regards to their normal Buck Cherry stuff. I love the backing vocals in the chorus on this song, and I like the change right before the solo break. Yeah, Shine Your Light for me. So I don't have a Desert Island Buck Cherry record, and the reason I don't is it feels like to me Every Buck Cherry record has a song that I don't listen to all that often, and then there will be at least one or two songs that I would label as filler, and to me, this is the filler on the record. Like, I like part of the verses, but I only like part of the chorus. It was just okay to me. Like, this is a song I most likely, I have this Buck Cherry Greatest Hits playlist. This wouldn't end up on that. Right. I will say this. The first time I heard Shine Your Light, I was sort of in that same vein that you just described. The more I listened to the song, the more I started to like the song. Now, it's still not up there in my top on this particular record, but I definitely like this song a lot better the more I listened to it. All right. The next song is Let's Get Wild. We're right back to the Buck Cherry I fell in love with. So party. Josh absolutely kills these types of songs with his vocal. And uh, you don't get this in Buck Cherry songs too much, but he actually like calls Stevie to give me something, right? Like there's a couple of things that happen on this album that you don't normally get on Buck Cherry records. And uh, normally Josh stays away from that kind of, you know, some people would say it's cheesy or whatever if it's not done well. But I thought it was done well because there's just a party feel to it. 
Yeah, so I love the riff in this song. My comments were, this is the brother to good time on this record. Uh, so it's got that ACDC flavor. The solo is blazing, just like uh, Sonny mentioned where uh, Josh calls out Stevie's name. Again, if Buck Cherry was to do a full-on album of all this type stuff, I would probably lose my mind. And I know that they're never going to do that because that's not really who they are. And I think that they have too many flavors and too many different things they want to share. And I can respect that. But, you know, this is what I love. So, so uh, I don't know how to put it any other way. But, yeah, I, I dig this tune a lot. You love the riff. So that brings us to the song With You. For me, when I listen to this, the very beginning, right out of the gate on this song, I get this Thin Lizzy vibe because of the twin guitar intro. There's like this twin guitar intro, and it has very much that Thin Lizzy feel and sound to it. And then into uh, what Sonny pointed out, which he's 100% correct, the zoo verses. I'll call them the zoo verses, uh, which I, I like it. Uh, it is. <laughs> Even so much as uh, in the guitar solo, they have this wah solo type thing that is very much the same thing that's in the zoo by the Scorpions. There's also a couple of places within this song that uh, have, I'll call them queen guitar moments, where uh, if you if you listen uh, good enough, you'll pick out these, these moments where they double the guitar and it, it sounds just like Brian May's guitar in Queen. Uh, so... At first, I didn't really necessarily love this song, but this is another one that's sort of growing on me more the more I listen to it. How about you? I liked it right out of the gate. That opening dual guitar, that doesn't happen on Buckcherry Records very often. I can't remember the last song that they released that opened up with a harmonizing guitar. Like, I, I don't remember that. Very much so. You're absolutely correct. And this is a totally different uh, sound and, and feel for Buckcherry. Yeah, and... You know, there's people listening right now going to the zoo. And, you know, I'm talking about. It's basically the same. It's in the yeah. verses. It works. There's nothing wrong with it. And the guitar solo absolutely rips on the song. Liked it from the first minute I heard. A hundred percent. But he, he does the wah thing in the guitar solo that is straight out of the zoo. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I wish we'd have had a little bit more time with him because I'm sure he would have copped to, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm a Scorpions fan. That's totally the zoo. I don't, I don't think he tries to hide it and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. So before we get to the 10th song on the record, which there's 11 songs on this record, I feel like I need to say this out loud. I love Buck Cherry. It's one of my top 30, 40 bands. Talking to Stevie was awesome. Josh has been on our show. He's been awesome. I need to say all that because the next song is called pain and it's the second ballad that's on the buck Cherry, on this buck cherry record. And again, I don't remember a lot of their records having two ballads on it. And I guess they were shooting for like their own November rain here. And I don't like November rain either. I really don't like this song. I love you, Stevie. I love you, Josh. You know, and you're not, not every song is going to hit everybody. This song just does not hit me. And mainly because I don't really like November Rain either. The minute I kind of heard that, I was done. <laughs> All right. Well, it's the second ballad on the record. So where do you think I'm going to go with my <laughs> comments? Anyway, so here's the thing. Uh, it's a slow piano type song. To me, uh, you mentioned to me like the November Rain thing, and I do hear that somewhat. Uh, it's not as long and epic as, as a November Rain. The song is less than four minutes long. For me, upon listening to this song over and over when we were getting ready for the interview, when we were getting ready to go through these tracks, it has more of an Aerosmith vibe to me. And that might be because of Marty Fredrickson having worked with Aerosmith so much. And this is a theme throughout with this record on the songs that I like, but I don't love. I think that some of the songs are lacking really good hooks, where if they had really good hooks, it would change the way I feel about the song. And to me, this is just another one. Like, it's it's a slow ballad. It's okay. It's not as good as Feels Like Love. Feels Like Love, for me, is definitely the better of the two ballads on this record. But... I just think it would it would maybe change the way I feel about some of these songs where they're just kind of in limbo where I don't dislike them, but I don't love them. And that's that's what my thoughts are, is that maybe I just I'm not hearing that great hook 
uh, that draws me into some of these songs. And again, that's just my personal opinion. Like Sonny said, everything hits people differently. But that's my thoughts on pain. So that brings us to the end of the album. And Buckcherry does covers time and time again. They've done several, I think, over the course of their career. But they put a cover on the end of this album. And they covered Brian Adams' Summer of 69. So I like the Summer of 69. I'm just not sure why they did it. That's what I don't necessarily understand and i didn't act, we didn't necessarily get a chance to ask db this to me they don't they don't really do anything different with it it's the same song i listened to see if they changed it up any and i i didn't hear much changes in this song it wasn't something where they heavied it up or anything like that it just so i'm not sure why they why they did this song so it's just kind of a filler for me space wise yeah buck jerry does a lot of covers they love the 80s songs. There's the 80s pop that I think when you get most of the songwriters in the room or you get most of the band rep members in the room, they may love all this other music that they love, but where their Venn diagram connects is in 80s radio hits. And that's why they do some of the covers that they do. To me, it feels a bit faster. It's got a little bit of a grittier, almost punk feel to it because it's a bit faster, but that really has a lot to do with the way Josh vocal stylings are, right? They're not going to be as smooth as Brian Adams. So you're going to kind of get that grit anyway. I actually like the version. I know they didn't do a ton to it. They didn't make it their own, blah, blah, blah. And I don't always need that. They didn't do that with Highway Star either. And I liked Highway Star too. So I didn't mind it at all because I think Josh's voice alone makes it different enough to make it cool. So I actually liked it. Yeah, so I don't dislike it because I like the song. And and so, <laughs> again, I, I just don't know that they changed it enough. So if I like Brian Adams' version, Buck Cherry's version's fine. It's it's okay. Uh, and, and I do agree with you on the fact that Josh's voice fits this song. So definitely from that perspective, I just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I guess if you're not going to do something different, if it's not something where it's super old and it benefits from having like updated, distorted guitars and production and stuff, then I don't necessarily understand the point. But I don't have to. It's not my record. <laughs> so, so that's that's all I would say about that. I like the song. I like their version of it. It's fine. But what didn't make the album? <laughs> Was it another let's get wild or a good time? <laughs> so, but overall, so that's the record. That's top to bottom. That's the full record. My overall thoughts are that I enjoy this record. Uh, let's do a top two and a bottom two. So for me, top two, it's really easy. Good time and let's get wild because those are, that's what I love from Buck Cherry. Bottom two, probably pain and it's easy for me to say something like summer of 69 just because it doesn't necessarily bring anything to me yeah and i don't i don't mind anything else on the record so pain and summer of 69 are my are my two least favorite on this record how about you yeah for me i'm gonna do a top three bottom two uh my top three good time let's get wild and with you those were my top three and turn it on and pain were my bottom two i would say out of the 11 songs to me there was eight really good songs two that were okay, and one that was a little bit of a tougher listen. But, uh, you know, this has a shot to be in the top 10 for me for 2023. That's how good those eight songs are. Man, I don't understand your, you not liking Turn It On. Yeah, I just didn't enjoy it. I just like the verses a little bit better than the chorus, but, you know, that's okay. Yeah, that's all good. Yeah, so if you've got Hellbound, to me, Hellbound and this record are pretty consistent with each other in terms of, you know, the amount of songs on it that I like and the songs that are okay. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I would say so. This is a classic Buckcherry record. Like if you wanted to compare it to 15, I would tell you 15 has one song I don't listen to, two that are okay, and the rest that are great, right? Yeah. And that's their biggest album, right? So yeah. um, they've not lost their touch. This is not... And I hate to pick on Scorpions, but you know, you've heard the last four or five Scorpions records. I mean, it's like, God, we're a little bit far away from like love at first thing now. You know what I mean? But Buck Cherry's not lost it. They're doing, they got that ACDC thing is that 
they've got a breadth of assortment that they use. It's not just the, seems like the same three chords, like sometimes ACDC does, but that breadth of assortment shows up in every record and it's very consistent and they don't really veer away from it because their fan base loves that. And I love that. Yeah. Right. So, and I'm part of the fan base. I would tell you, I mean, think about it. It's 10 out of 11 songs that are under four minutes. You got one song that's 442 that feels like love, which is a great song. Nice and compact 11 song albums. And just like I said to Steve in the interview, like Buck Cherry is the rock, the roll and the soul to me. That's why I love it so much. Cause it's got that, you know, whether you want to call it R and B or funk or whether you want to just call it pop sensibilities, there's something that keeps me listening and just keeps my ear going. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. Yeah, and you can put this record on at a party. Josh doesn't get too carried around, away with the F-bombs on this record. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you you can let this one roll at a party and be okay. It's a good rock and roll party time record, uh, and it's, it's fine. But again, the new album is Volume 10. At the time of this interview, uh, once you listen to this episode, the record will have been released about a week beforehand. And... Uh, yeah, I think overall it's a consistent and uh, really rocking record. So sounds like Sonny and I both enjoy it. So next up, we have our interview with guitarist DVD from Buck Cherry. He'll uh, talk to us a little bit more in depth about the record, and we'll get into some of his history and some of his uh, personal stuff. So uh, yeah, do you have anything to add, Sonny, before we get up on out of here and end with this interview with DVD? Yeah, just one thing. Uh, you know, I can be deemed heartless at times, so I do want to say this out loud. And it's not that, you know, neither Josh no nor Stevie need to hear it from a nobody. But I got to say, I'm proud of those guys' sobriety, right? Both of them are over 20 years. I'm at 16. It is fucking hard to stay sober. It's got to be even harder for them for the job that they have and the life that they live and how much access they have to it. Versus all I got to do is just not buy it and I'm okay. But if it's in front of you all the time, like just so proud of those guys and uh, staying sober, right? Just power to you. Yeah, they both opened up to us in the uh, interviews about their sobriety. And, and that's a fantastic thing because just speaking from somebody that's been on the road and been around it, man, <laughs> that is that is hard to stay away especially if you have an issue uh and not to make light of it but it's hard enough just staying away from pizza when you have an addiction and and i mean that from a personal standpoint so everybody's got their addictions and their demons that they are fighting with whether it's pizza whether it's drugs or alcohol people have addictions and so uh hats off to them 20 years that's amazing keep it going fellas you guys are putting out great material and hopefully that won't change anytime soon all right here's the interview hey this is dennis larry and you are listening on pantheon podcasts
Welcome to the Grown Up Rock Podcast from Buck Cherry, Stevie D. What's going on, my friend? Hello, hello. How are you guys? Nice to see you. We're doing and, well. And, We're doing well. And that Prince guitar. Yeah, you like that. I know, I know. I used to have one of those. It was uh, a gem in the collection. I actually got it at, at a show, a Prince show. I went to a, a, like a private event, and uh, his security guy uh, handed it to me. So it was uh, a pretty cool uh, guitar to have. Wow. A white cloud, or was it yellow? Uh, it was a white cloud. Yeah, yeah. It was a white cloud. Yeah. They made them in white, yellow, and blue. Yeah. But, so, uh, Stevie, we know you're a big fan of Prince and guys like Randy Rhodes and Angus Young and Jimmy yeah. Page and Hendrix. Yes, sir. Where did rock and roll, hard rock in particular, where did that come into your life? What was your introduction into all that? Uh, I think rock and roll, you know, I grew up a radio baby. It was a lot of pop, uh, Motown in the house, in the car. And as I got older, FM radio in Chicago, it was the loop. FM yes. 98. Yep. I remember yeah. it. My family yeah. is from Chicago. Okay. So Steve Dahl was on the radio there. There was also WLS. That was more of a contemporary pop station, but the loop had, had uh, the harder rock and stuff. They, they, they went into deep cuts. They had two for Tuesday. They played Judas Priest to uh, Bob Seger. You know, it was the Midwest, so there was a lot of Bob Seger, Ario Speedwagon, Sticks, and all that. And uh, so you know, I, I heard a lot of that going on, but uh, I think it was my friends. I had a friend named Marty Baylog who introduced me to Bag Company and uh, Black Sabbath and the Cars and rush and uh and and he had this new pioneer sound system you know and he was like okay you can't touch any of this but this is how i clean my albums and you know uh and this is you know i can i can eq and you know i can listen to albums i can listen to the stereo but you can't touch it and and so through him his friends there was a, a guy named fred down the street and kevin paul and they were all rock dudes. And, but, and this is, you know, get, getting into high school. Yeah. But the guitar came in with uh, this guy named Bill Madigan and Jim McClellan. And they were listening to ACDC. And he would plug in this white SG into this PV stack and play a whole lot of Rosie, note for note, all day long, like over and over and over and over. And I would just be like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I had another friend, uh, Todd Russin and Lou Caruso, they would listen to Zeppelin, the live album, top to bottom. You know, we'd all get high and, and it was just, and, and Lou knew how to play all of that. So I, I aspired to, to play like that. I, I didn't know. I had an Ibanez and I went to basic lessons that I learned the vultures and, you know, walk, don't run, you know, but I didn't know how to play the, the rock stuff. But uh, that came later. Do you remember well, like what first uh, what were your first couple albums you bought with your own money? Uh, I know exactly. The first two I bought were Night in the Ruts, Aerosmith, Smith, yeah, and In Through the Outdoor, Zeppelin. Wow! And uh, I remember uh, going to uh, I think it was probably Music Land or maybe Licorice Pizza, but yeah, it was those two for sure. And both albums kind of on the downside of the bands, right? Night in the Ruts uh, right. on the downside of Aerosmith <laughs> exactly. through the outdoor. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I didn't. Um, I just knew that I had cash and I wanted to buy an album, and I didn't want to buy the albums that my buddies already had. You know, and uh, and then later I, I went back and, and got all those albums. But yeah, my dad. My dad. I remember my dad had Ted Nugent. Uh, I, I also bought Ted Nugent, and then I got a, a Molly Hatchet album, uh, Flirt with Disney, because that's, I remember that was on, uh, the, that came up on the loop, you know, but there was, so it was the Midwest, so Ted Nugent was all over the radio at that time. Right on. Yeah. All right, so let's talk songwriting a little bit, Stevie. So put us in a Stevie D, Josh Todd writing session. Like, are you guys in a room together trying to write together, or is it like separate? The way it's kind of developed these days, what works really well now, the, the where, where it sits now is uh, Marty Fredrickson and I sit in a room in Nashville, and he's got a writing room 
in the last couple uh, albums, I will write a riff, a couple riffs at the hotel, two or three of them. And then the next morning, I'll bring them in to Marty and we'll hash it out verse through a chorus, through a bridge, and then document it. We'll, we'll track it all. Marty's son or Marty will get on a drum kit and just lay a basic beat down or even a, a drum machine, you know, and then we'll track all to that. Then the kind of winner of those riffs, we will uh, text Josh, send it to him that way. And if it connects with it, he takes a swing at melodies and uh, lyrics. And uh, by three or four in the afternoon, he'll come in and track that. What happens is he comes in and Marty kind of fine tunes his uh, melodies. And let's say a chorus like, okay, maybe at the chorus you could, you know, say, say, you know, what the song's about right there in the chorus, maybe less syllables or more syllables or, you know, maybe do this, you know. So that's how it's come together this last album for sure. I mean, it, it started all different ways. It's it started. We he's come to me with a, a vocal idea, and I'll build a song around that. Or I'll 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 have something in my head, you know, like I'll write a riff and I'll track it here with drums, bass, and maybe some keyboards, and then send it to him. If he connects, then he comes over here, and then we track it top to bottom. So follow me on this because uh, I'm interested in your first initial reactions to the stuff like this. So you write, co-write the music, Josh takes it, does his thing. You guys are at rehearsal. This is the first time you kind of hear the melody and maybe the lyrics and you hear stuff like I put some pussy on layaway or young and dumb and full of cum. Like, are you turning around to him and going, dude, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's sure. That's happened uh, a lot, you know, and listen, I, you know, I don't pretend to know what's going to connect. You know, when I got in the band, we uh, recorded a song called Crazy Bitch. Yeah. And I was like, that's never going to get on the radio. And it was a top, it was a hot 100 hit. Did that surprise you? It, it was a hot 100 hit. It, it sold 4 million <laughs> copies as, as, and, and, and ringtones. You know, like I'll, I'm, I'm, I still go out and I'll be at a, at a club and I'll hear, da-da, da-da, you know, like. <laughs> Place. And now you got to freak me out Scream so loud Getting fucking laid You want me to stay But I got to make my way Hey, y'all crazy bitch But you fuck so good I'm on top of it when I dream I'm doing you all night That connected with the world I mean, you know Love it or hate it, it became like the new national anthem for strip clubs all over the world, you know? Knocked Motley Crue out of, out of number one for a little yeah. while, you know what I mean? With girls, girls, girls. Yeah. So, you know, but, you know when, when Josh shows up and has... But, that, you know, that's, that's the kind of the beauty of who he is. Yeah. You know, he's not afraid to, you know, stick his neck out there lyrically or visually or anything like that. That's what, to me, makes a great frontman. I've said this before, but the things that have driven me crazy off stage are a lot of times the things that make him great on stage. Yeah. You know, I just play guitar. <laughs> you know, and, and also, you want to be that guy in a writing situation that says, okay, let's just see this all the way through. Let's complete the idea and then see if it works or not. You know what I mean? I don't want to, you know, contempt, you know, prior to investigation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it, it could be, a, it could be a hit like crazy bitch. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Who am I to judge? Now we're both huge Buck Cherry fans. One of my favorite bands of all time. I'm just not saying that because you're here, but part for me is gritty rock and roll, the party vibe. Like to me, you guys are the rock, the roll and the soul and sometimes the funk. Right. So when you guys are writing, like sometimes you got to harness that a little bit. It's like, Oh, that's a little too funk. Hey, that's a little too power metal. Like bring that back a little, like we still got to be Buck Cherry or you just kind of like let it go and it lands where it lands. I don't think that we try to, uh, you know, I don't, I don't even know if we're capable of putting boundaries on, uh, you know, we just do what we do. 
You know, we're not so schooled, you know, like it gets into mathematical kind of rock and roll, rock, you know, we just, it, it's a, a vibe. It's a feeling. We push our technical abilities, you know, to overplaying and then dial it back a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I hope that, you know, kind of adds a little insight. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. All right, so it's been my perception over the years as I look at pictures of Stevie D throughout the internet and all kinds of different places that sort of early on in your career, you've developed into making some pretty cool rock star fashion statements. I mean, where, <laughs> you, where you were and where you are now, and I'm always amazed what's Stevie going to be wearing. I mean, I think I ran into you on the Monsters of Rock cruise in the morning and you know, we had, we exchanged a few words and you had a cup of coffee, but even at, I don't know, eight o'clock in the morning, eight 30 in the morning, whatever time it was, you looked cool as hell. So <laughs> my question is, especially nowadays, it kind of seems like people go out of their way not to make any kind of effort for a presentation. Is this something that you've developed over the years or do you work with a stylist? What's your deal? Well, okay. <laughs> no, I don't know if it was, look, like all of us, we came up at a time when it was important to have the whole kind of deal, you know what I mean? So in here in LA or in, in Chicago, where I, I came up, it was necessary to know how to play your guitar. It was uh, a extra bonus if you could sing, you know, so we worked on that. And then when I got to LA, it was, it was part of the deal. It even said in ads that I was answering that you need to look cool. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't know if how much effort, I mean, I, I like what I like, you know, uh, if you saw me at the monsters rock cruise at eight in the morning, I was probably wearing sweats, you know, <laughs> I don't think so. I think you had a hat and shades on. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't well, yeah, I mean, you know, like, look, I, it was told to me by um, this famous rock star's wife, guys our age need to stay in their lane, after, <laughs> you know, after 40. And I certainly don't wear the stuff uh, that I used to in my 20s and 30s. You know, guys like Nikki Six, they're icons, you know, they, they can, Keith Richards can, they can wear leopard and, and shades, you know, at 8 a.m and get away with it. I, I, I just, I, I kind of keep it simple, you know, you know, because of laundry, I wear black all the time on the road, <laughs> you know, and instead of, I have, I have a, a mohawk. So I'll, I'll always wear, you know, like at eight in the morning, I don't, I haven't roosted, you know, so I'll just put a hat on, you know, I don't it's, know. It's and, a, it, and, I, and I'm an old man now. So <laughs> I'll put on shades because my, you know, I got bags <laughs> under my eyes at, at, at 8 a.m. or right now, you know, I should I should be wearing them now, but I'm I'm facing a window. Hopefully, the it's washing out the, the lines in my face. You know, it's it's an understated cool, but it goes from yeah. the mohawk is part of it. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I haven't I haven't hawked out yet. I mean, I I, I need a haircut, but uh, you know, I, I you know, I'm just uh, I, I I do what I can. You know, yeah. and stay in my lane. I think your lane works for you. I think, uh, I think you. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, I think <laughs> you wear it well, and and I appreciate that because I want my rock stars to look like rock stars and not like me. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, look, you know, it's it's the, what what I do is is, is kind of like what all older guys can do is is just get to the gym every day. You can yeah. wear whatever you want, you know, if you yeah. if you're going to the gym every day. Yeah, how's that? Perfect. Yeah. So we, we saw you on the Monsters of Rock Cruise in 2022. You guys killed it. You were Thank great. You. We enjoyed it as we always do enjoy it. What was your experience like? Is it something that you enjoyed and would you do it again? Sure. I always enjoyed those cruises. We just did the Kiss yeah. cruise, did the Monsters of Rock cruise. It's a really cool community feeling. You know, like I don't know how else to explain it. You know, usually, here in Los Angeles, like there's a lot of different entertainment and a, a lot of different kinds of people. And I'm just, I'm home with my son or with Josh, you know? Mm -hmm. So when I get out there, I, 
you know, like, of course, we're going to see Buck Cherry people, but when we go to a Monsters of Rock or a Kiss cruise or some sort of uh, cruise where we're all together, it, it's really, it's cool, you know, like, there's a lot of people like this podcast, you know, that um, grew up the same way, like the same bands, you know, have those same kind of values, you know, like the, the rituals of going to, I don't know, if you guys are in the Midwest. What we used to do in high school is get a kegger, put it in a van and go to the drive-in or yeah. the open field and party, you know, to Sabbath or Motley Crue or, you know, Metallica. So when, when you get around people that grew up the same way, you know, you can let your hair down, you yeah. know, and you have a lot of fun. And I don't know, it's just a great experience. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, 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 if, and if you're performing, that's just icing on the cake. You yeah. know, I get to get paid to be there mm-hmm. and do what I love and hang around people that I love, you know? So it's a win-win. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Stevie, you auditioned for Ozzy after Jake left. Did you ever get any feedback? Uh, and by the way, I know the 151 rum story. I've got my own 151 rum stories. That shit's a killer. I don't yeah. partake anymore either, but I can only imagine. Yeah, there's been several. Okay, how do I get into this? Okay, so I'm a sober alcoholic, right? But it wasn't until later when I realized that my life wasn't working because of drugs and alcohol. And it started as early as that. I got a lot of opportunities early on to audition for some pretty big bands. And I would, because of my own insecurities, not comfortable uh, with myself, and it just, you know, I could, I could list a lot of the emotional, you know, but I don't want to bore your your fans but one of the ways i would deal with my medicine was 151 or uh, you know like going to rehearsal with a 12 pack just for me to get started you know which ends up you know half gram eight ball a little later yeah so i had these opportunities and then i i blew them you know and and i guess it's it's all you know you don't you don't know what's in store for you mm-hmm. you know I think, you know, the, the cliche, everything happens for a reason, but it's true. Yeah. You know, I had to go through that to get to be willing enough to get sober. And then once I got sober, everything fell into place for me, you know? So, and Josh, he got sober too. Mm-hmm. And we ended up being in the same band, you know? Yeah. Um, he was the one that helped me get sober. So I, I wasn't supposed to be in any of those, you know, huge fans. It would have been great, but I'd probably be end up dead. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so Yeah. He told he told his story uh on this podcast the year yeah. before last when we had him on. So, you know, kudos to both of you guys, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it wasn't uh it wasn't easy, but it was the best decision I ever made. Yeah. You know? Let's get into this new album. The new album is called Volume 10. That's creative. <laughs> 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 it's oh, uh well <laughs> we, we actually you know we 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 thought long and hard about that did you really lot, yeah yeah i mean you know contrary to popular belief a lot of thought goes into uh what we do a lot of people think that uh, we're reckless and we're just a party band but a lot of heart and soul and thought goes into you know the songs and the albums and and all that i'll tell you i love the reckless feel of the band so hey, yeah. whatever works for me you too guys. yeah i love it me too and that's the, that's not bad i mean i've i've suggested some things for videos they were like oh we can't do that you know like that's the, the country's not ready for that you know so uh whatever you know you know there's in r-rated movies there's a lot worse you, you can get a lot worse with what what i what's going on up here anyway yeah volume 10 the 10th buck cherry record 
Yes, sir. Uh, and the record came out on June 2nd because at the time of this recording, this will be released after the record comes out on June 2nd. My favorite song so far off this record is This and That, Good Time, Let's Get Wild and Turn It On. To me, the production sounds bigger. And you kind of, we talked about it a little bit before we started recording, right? Yeah. So for this one, we had a lot of rock and roll riffs and just songs put together top to bottom going into this. And what we do is we set aside 10 days to write with Marty Fredrickson. And uh, in the 11th hour, I'm just, you know, I said, you know, every day we sound check and I'm always... Me and Francis seem to be uh, the, always the first ones there on deck. And we're like you. We, we, we love all that stuff. For, you know, there's no shame. You know, we, we, we love all that shit from the 80s, yeah. you know. And there's a lot of great stuff from that era. And it was our opinion. We were talking about it. It was our opinion that it, a lot of it came from Bob Rock, right? So I also was talking to my guitar tech at the time about how much I love John Sykes and how he was kind of, for whatever reason, between him and Coverdale, all his kudos kind of got swept under the rug. I don't know if you agree with that, but, mm-hmm. yeah, we um, do. you know, David Coverdale got all of it. And there's these guys on these videos that weren't on most of that 87 album. Mm-hmm. What, you know, like I, I would be riffing with, Francis and we would go into still of the night, you know, like I check my guitar tone because I want to see how big it is. I'll go, whoa, you know, and he knows all that stuff. Note for note, you know, he's, he's a diehard and he, and he loves Tommy Aldridge anyway. So we go into bad boys and then I'm thinking, you know, like we've got these great songs and we've kind of, in the previous albums, we've gone after this, uh, it's all Buck Cherry sound, right? right? But we've gone after a certain Buck Cherry sound. It's, it's, it's akin to ACDC. You can hear the Aerosmith influence. You can hear Stones in there. But I was like, what if we turned up the gain a little bit and we made those drums and from studio sounding to like arena sounding? And just made the the low end like this and, you know, just everything bigger like Bob Rock did, you know. So I started writing, writing a few riffs and I called Marty and I called Evan. I was like, hey, I'm going to send you a playlist and just drive with it, you know. And it had the cult on there. It had Metallica and it had Motley and it had who else was uh, a, a big reference. Anyway, so when we got to Nashville, I started writing I pulled out my black Les Paul, like Sykes, and I just started writing a little bit heavier, heavier handed. You know what I mean? Yeah. And those solos had a little bit more gasoline on them. And that's what you're hearing. In the song like uh, Let's Get Wild, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you play guitar. So, Sonny, sunny, right? Right. So, do you play guitar, Stephen? Neither one I of prob- us play that well. Neither one of us are very good. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but all right. So you, but you, but you we, hold a guitar, so yeah, you know. Yeah, there's correct. a difference. There's a difference in guitar chords in the '80s and what they're doing oh, now. Yeah. Yes. They're, they're, and, and a perfect example is uh, "Looks at Kill." Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That. All right. I, I'm not going to pull out a guitar, <laughs> but that chord, that high chord, they don't use too much anymore. You know what I mean? That was right. like. That was an 80s thing. And that was uh, Randy Rhodes. And I don't know, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And so if you listen to the, I guess the average listener will feel it and just kind of like, oh, that's cool. You know, like when we sound check that song, people are like immediately like, oh, yeah, that's cool, man. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, and it's because it's the eight that those 80s chords. Anyway, that's what we put into the production or, you know, from a writing standpoint, the tones, we use bigger amps. And we let a guy like Francis do what he does. Instead of, like, holding him down, okay, why don't you play, like, Phil Rudd, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, dude, just do your thing. You know what to do. You've been doing this your whole life, you know? And if you're feeling, you know, four on the floor and, you know, like, quads, 
then go for it. So you're, you're hearing a lot of keep on fighting. He's on fire in that song. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Anyway, I'm rambling. Sorry. Now, so I know yeah. we're nearing the end. So you guys are going to be on tour with Skid Row. Dude, two peas in a pod, man. Like, uh, Dude. both, I love both bands too. I'm not just saying this, but I, because we're on tour with them, but I, I fucking love those guys. And I feel like we've had similar paths, you know, they came out at a time when they were kind of an anomaly in the music that was going on there. And I feel like we are too, 20, 30 years apart. And when, you know, I, I, you know, with Snake, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll walk through soundtrack. I'll be like, Randy Rhodes, King Biscuit Flower Hour. And he'll pull out a riff and know exactly what I'm talking about. Michael Shanker into the arena, you know, and he'll pull out a riff, you know, and he knows it all, you know, and, and we get along and, you know, there's a lot of love and respect, you know. So what happens, I think the crowd gets, you know, feels that and ends up, you know, the word gets out and a lot of these shows sell out. So promoters are like, they're selling out. So we want that in our city. Then what happens is, a second leg is booked and then a third leg's booked and now a fourth leg was booked. So, you know, that's, that's the, what, uh, 2023 looks like for us. Yeah. It's a great package. I mean, I it saw is. the yeah. package at the end of March, uh, yeah. here in Atlanta and it, it's just a fantastic double bill, a reasonable ticket price. I think it's really underpriced. If you ask me, if you, if you, uh, I was talking to this attorney about like how much you charging and he goes, wow. You know, like, if you think about what they're charging for every other tour out there going on this summer, yeah, um, we we're we're a sweet deal. Yeah, you know? easy there, Stevie. I'm cheap. That ticket price <laughs> is just perfect. Don't you go changing, my friend. Hey, you know, you're going to get in free in the future anyway, so don't you worry. worry. I'll show up at the backstage door. I know, Stevie. That's right. That's right. You tell him him who sent you. That's right. Stevie D said, come around to the backstage door. Yeah. Get out of here, kid. Yeah. Uh, So, again, the new album is volume 10. Stevie, we want to be respectful of your time. The album came out on June 2nd. The band is currently on tour, headlining tour right now, but then they'll be doing another leg of this Skid Row Buck Cherry tour as well. Great package. Get out there, support the band. The new album is great. Like I said, I've already got a handful of favorite songs that are on it. I'll continue to listen to it. Thank you, bro. Yeah. Thanks for spending your time with us here on Growing Up Rock. Go do another 20 interviews and have fun. All right, man. Peace, guys. See you later. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys. On this one, uh, we went after um, a bigger sound, uh, bigger drums, bigger guitars. And usually where you can hear the the ACDC influence, but on this one, we, we kind of went for more of the Bob Rock production, the bigger drums, bigger guitars, you know, Motley, the Cult, Metallica, that kind of that kind of direction. Not wanting to sound like those guys uh, in the music, but the production, you know. Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 